following episode you're about to listen to is tangent from our usual episode. These do not contain usual enthusiasm and fun behind it because episodes 17 through 21 were more fact-giving episodes and are more heavily researched. Not to be confused with our other episodes, there is some research done when needed. We will not be offended if you skip past these episodes to our other episodes, starting with episode 22 of, of season two, which is a truer representation of who we are. Thank you very much, and on to the episode. I feel everything. I look around and I try to see the world in the same way you do, but I see noise. I hear colors. I feel everything. My answers have no questions and my words have no rhyme. I'm empathetic to a fault, but my bones are numb. I scream from morning to night, but my vocal cords hum silent. I see noise. I hear colors. I feel everything. As per usual, this is another episode of Stigmas and Open Wounds. I'm Tracy. And I'm Eric. And what I just read was a poem, which I don't know if it was actually called I Feel Everything, but I picked it up off of Instagram, and it just says copyright alpha. And why I wanted to read that was I thought that was a really great bridge between last week's episode and this week's episode, because essentially empaths feel everything, which is what this week's episode is about, and people who have sensory overload feel everything all at once. So today we are talking about empaths, as I happen to just say, and I know that Eric doesn't know what empaths are. No idea. <laughs> so, so we're going to explain that, but... The word empaths uh, actually comes from empathy. So we're just going to start out and describe or give the definition of empathy. So empathy is an emotion or state of being that allows one person to connect emotionally and cognitively with another person. So basically, uh, what this is saying is, yeah, if I have empathy, I can... I can relate emotionally to, to say, air to another person. So there are some people who, who just lack empathy or or have very little empathy. They don't they don't feel what other people feel. Mm-hmm. However, empaths feel to a fault essentially. So what I decided is I was looking up all of the different traits of empaths, and I found this really great list on on healthline.com and it says 15 signs you might be an empath and i thought that this is great because it just takes off all of the different things of of what an empath is and as i went through i said yes 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 this is me and the funny thing is as i went through there were multiple things that i thought you had eric which we'll get to later kind of doesn't surprise me why you have it but interesting but this is something that we're gonna dig into a little bit later so you gotta you gotta listen to to find out why 
why Eric might might be a little bit of an empath. So, so here's why you might be an empath or, or signs that you might be an empath, all right? You have a lot of empathy. <laughs> so, so it's a good thing I described what empathy was, right? So again, the term empath comes from empathy, like I said, which is the ability to understand the experiences and feelings of others outside your perspective. So, but it says, but as an empath, you take things a step further. So for instance, I had a friend back in the day and she said, before I had a dog, I could not understand what the big deal was when people's pets died. But now if anything happened to my dog, oh my gosh, I would be crushed. Well, so she now understands what it's like when other people's pets die. Well, empaths take it a step further and they feel like it is their pet that died or or something like that. Does this make sense to you, Eric? Yeah. yeah, so it's empathy to an extreme in a way. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is. So, so essentially, like when you're having a bad day, I can't help but have at least a little bit of a bad day. And a lot of people do do get that. But but yeah, it, it it's just it's just like when I see somebody who's upset, it's really hard for me just to to walk by and then and then I get affected by it. So so yeah, it it's really hard to to comfort somebody and then not constantly think about it. So so that's why an empath can kind of take us up further. That's how we do that. So the other one, like the next one on the list, is closeness and int- intimacy can overwhelm you. Now, this one, Eric was kind of making a little bit of a confused face. So what it says is you want to connect and develop lasting partnerships, but spending too much time with these people can lead to stress, overwhelm, and worries about losing yourself in these relationships. So you need to set uh, set these boundaries, okay? And the other thing too is if you're around too many people, you can kind of suck up their energy and all of a sudden you're around people and, and these people come up to you and, and you can kind of feel their energy and you can... You can feel like, well, I just want to have a good time and now you're in a bad mood and I feel like I want to fix this. So so as much as as you might crave the intimacy, you always feel like their burden is your burden. So I don't know if any of this is, is sinking in or making sense to you. or it, it is. I just don't have really a whole lot to add to okay. it. So just, just, you know, sometimes sometimes things that I say don't make sense to people. So I just always like to like to ask, am I making sense? So the next one then on the list says you have good intuition. And this one shocked me because I always kind of felt this one. Like I always felt like, yeah, I go with the gut, right? It, when they, do you think, I guess, does it say when they talk about intuition, is it just like you can sense when there's something wrong with right. somebody? Is that kind of yep? The... And that's 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 where it goes right there. It says, "Ever feel like you have a strong gut reaction to things that feel a bit off?" And I think it's because what it is is you can feel the vibes of people. 
right? I spend a lot of times reading people. And and it's it's weird. I've always been able to read people. I don't know if you remember, Eric, when we had the duplexes, I was like, yeah, I feel very, very good about these people. And I was rarely off. There was maybe once or twice that I was like, yeah, this one is good. And then they turned out to be not great. But, but yeah, I generally have a really good, I, I generally go with my gut with things. And yeah, obviously I, I like to use my brain too, but my gut leads me. And it's what it says is empaths tend to be able to pick up on subtle cues that provide insight on the thoughts of others. And that in a way makes sense to me because if they're showing, you know, over a higher amount of empathy than an average person right. does, it's going to go the same way backwards where uh-huh. they're going to pick up smaller cues right. of, you know, just something subtle that somebody might say. And it's like, whoa, are you okay? Yeah. You know, like, or like the twitch in their eyebrows, like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, they're saying they're happy, but their eyebrows are not saying that they're happy. Those are sad eyebrows or, yeah. or, or yeah, sad right. eyes. So, so Yeah. And then it also says on here, uh, as an empath, you might put a lot of faith in your instincts when making decisions, although others might consider you all impulsive. You're actually trusting your intuition to guide your choice that feels right to you. And, and instantly what I was thinking is we had this family Zoom call when your brother was trying to figure out a job mm-hmm. or if he should take the job, excuse me. And, and I, I said... I said, so what does your gut say? Like, just don't even think about it. Does your gut say you should take this job? And he kind of looked at me baffled, like, why would I even do this? And and for me, it wasn't impulsive to think that. For me, I'm thinking, like, if this would be for a, a good chunk of my life, I want to feel I want to feel it in the pit of my stomach if this is going to be right for me. <laughs> so... For me, that's half of how I make decisions. I mean, obviously, not, you know, not scarily. I, I do put my brain into it. But, yeah, I, I, I feel my gut with it. So, so yeah, people do find it to be impulsive, I th- I'm sure. <laughs> but, but, yeah, this one, this one, when I read that, I was, I was so, so, like, like, wow, I can't believe it. So. And. I think an important thing to point out with that is is that if you do see somebody that you think is acting impulsively, you should take a second and think about it because maybe right. they're seeing something that is completely going by you. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. I mean, so so that's that's the biggest thing. And and honestly, in any situation, just look at it and say, are they seeing something I'm not seeing? No mm-hmm. matter what. But and here's, here's, so here's the next one on the list that I, I definitely said, haha, this is me. You take comfort in nature. <laughs> so I said, I said, me and my hammock, because I always post, post pictures of my hammock and everything. So what it says is anyone can benefit from spending time in natural settings, but empaths may feel even more drawn to nature and remote areas since natural environments provide a calming space to rest from overwhelming sensations, sounds, and emotions. 
it makes sense. It it kind of goes back to to the sensory overload that we talked about last week. It can just be too much. And I think for empaths, there's they just absorb a little bit more maybe. Mm-hmm. So nature can just be a little bit more calming, soothing for people like us. So so we just kind of need to and just re- breathe. If you're feeling empathy for everything around you, it's right. probably better at certain times to not be around anything. When you're sitting exactly. out in a hammock in your backyard, there's a, I mean, maybe you feel empathy for the little chipmunk that's struggling to get up the tree or something like that, yeah. but but there's not a lot around there to right. cause you to be concerned about anything. Exactly. It, it's a perfect way to get fully relaxed, which it is for anybody. Right, but even more so, so for somebody who just needs needs to restore on uh, a more often when basis. you're in a group of people yeah and it hits you harder than say me right then to be in a quiet place it's probably more of a relief for you than it would be for right. me right definitely so and then kind of as we talked about slightly earlier is you don't do well in crowded places which i mean obviously if if you're <laughs> If there's so many people around you and you're noticing all these these ticks and you're noticing that maybe this person has this negative energy and all that. And what it says is empaths can absorb positive and negative energy just by being in someone's presence. So it's great when you can, when you can absorb positive energy. I do have people that that, you know, to this day, maybe I remember because they were really great to me. But then to this day, yeah, I do remember the negative energy that I had around me. So, and then it does say empaths can be overly, can be overwhelmed by feeling everything more intensely. So, and that's is exactly what you were just saying too, is where maybe when you're in one place and you, and you need to recharge and I need to recharge, I need to recharge more fast or... That's not even, (laughs) that's not even proper, (laughs) but, but yeah, things hit me more quick than, than they do you or, or, or harder, for instance. And so then it says, as a result, you may feel most comfortable in your own, on your own, or in the company of just a few people at a time, (laughs) which, which is exactly what I, what it is for me. And it's, it's not that I'm necessarily antisocial per se, or that I don't like people, even though I joke and say that. It's it's just that sometimes it gets really hard for me. So, and this explains why. Mm-hmm. So, and and this one, the, the next one, it says, you have a hard time not caring. And that is a very, very hard one. And I, I completely understand it. It says, an empath doesn't just feel for someone they feel with someone. So so it says empaths want to help. And and it says it's essential to save some energy for yourself. Because really, I mean, if you go, especially really if you are somebody who is amongst people every day, all day, or just a lot of t- the time, you're going to be caring a lot. Mm-hmm. Whereas I get to kind of hide away a lot too. But, but yeah, it it is, it is really hard because, okay, so for instance, again, we'll go back to that, that dog one. 
that I said earlier, a dog, somebody's dog passes away. Rather than saying, I, I'm really sad that you're sad, you're just really sad that that, that dog that, passed away and because... That, that that person is going through that pain. Right, because you're just like, that is so unimaginable. I, I, I can't imagine. Ow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're sad. And, and that gets exhausting because, I mean, think about when you're... When just you're in pain... So then you're going through everybody else's pain. So that's that's what gets exhausting about being an empath. And when you see somebody who's in pain, you can't just walk by half the time because you know that you can help them. Mm-hmm. So that's what's really hard because you know most people are going to walk by and then you're like, well, I can't I can't be a jerk. I have to help. <laughs> so so yeah, and that's that's what's really hard. <laughs> sometimes you know because sometimes you just want to have a good time and then you're like well dang it he's drunk crying over there and i have to i have to go help him because like i don't know if it's big or not and i'm laughing at that comment because just for everybody's knowledge that's that a actually true story. happened to us yeah so. <laughs> yeah it, it really is and i'm just like man i don't i don't know i mean i can't just leave them there and so yeah so and then <laughs> the next one on the list is people tend to tell you their problems and boy does this happen to me I mean, I have had so many people just tell me their problems, and I'm like, I don't know how that came <laughs> up. I mean, I I even had my psychiatrist tell me something, and I'm just like, I don't even know why that, <laughs> like, how that came up in our conversation. It's just like, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> and it was just really funny. But what it says here is sensitive, empathetic people tend to be fantastic listeners. And... Caring deeply can make it hard to tell people when you approach the point of overwhelm. So again, what happens is people keep coming to you with their problems or you keep absorbing these problems and it gets heavier and heavier and heavier for you. And because you're so empathetic and you're so nice and you know you can help or you think you can help, you just you just don't want to say no. So, but the problem is, you guys, don't forget, there's one more problem, one more person to help, and that's you. Yeah. You're, the, you're the one person who you can't forget about. So, so yeah. And then the other thing to, for, to remember on here that it says is, is it is important to remember you cannot do much for someone who isn't ready to change. So I've had conversations with people who are ready to take the plunge in terms of whatever it is, whether it's some mental health thing and and you can tell that they're depressed and, you know, hey, maybe you should go talk to somebody. Or maybe it's something completely different. But whatever it is that you're helping somebody with, if they're not ready to change, you can only talk to, you know, talk to them for five minutes, say, look, this is where I'm at. Come talk to me when you're ready. So don't, don't give more than they're ready to take. Mm-hmm. So, because otherwise you're going to give, you're going to exhaust yourself even more. Oh, and this one's fun too. You have a high sensitivity to sounds, smells, 
or sensations, which again links back to last week's episode, the sensory overload. I'm trying to wrap my head around why that would be. Me too. And I the only thing that I can think of is that it's well, and I think it's it's gonna kind of explain it here, but I'm thinking it's because you're just in general an overly sensitive you're just built overly sensitive. Sensitive, so you feel everything more, basically. Right. So what it says is there's a lot of overlap between empaths and people who are highly sensitive. Ah, score one for Tracy. And you might find that you're also more sensitive to the world around you. This could mean fragrances and odors affect you more strongly, which is very true for me. I can't stand strong perfumes and such. Uh, jarring sounds and physical sensations may affect you more strongly. You definitely have those things. So. Yeah, I do. And you prefer to listen to media at low volumes or get information by reading. Depends. And certain sounds may trigger an emotional response. Yeah, I can see that. So, and and I, I have on here, can, I have a note on here. It says, can a smell be loud? Because sometimes when I'm in a really bad spot, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's loud smell. <laughs> like, because I don't know, sometimes just smells to me, especially when I have a migraine. Oh my God. Yeah. Yesterday was bad. So, so yeah. And, and that's what's interesting to me because this almost explains why I sometimes get sensory overload then. So there's, there seems to be like a very fine line with a lot of what's going on here and sensory overload. Yep. Isn't it, isn't it very interesting? And I actually think that is one on the list that I found, like as I'm like writing notes and then all of a sudden I was like, voila. So it almost seems like this is the next step. So like everybody gets sensory overload and then like the next severity of it would be being an empath. And it's, it's kind of interesting because when I planned these episodes, I didn't even, I hadn't even done fully the research on, on the empaths yet. So I didn't even know how similar they were. I just knew that, yes, I'm an empath and I feel more severely. I didn't know some of the strong details to it to where they were so similar. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I just thought that was really, really interesting. So we just have, we have a couple more here. So we have a, a one on here. It says you need time to recharge, which essentially we kind of talked about again is that really because you know you're you're soaking in all this this stuff you're helping people all the time i mean and really again for for all this stuff if you're if you're exhausted because of all your mental mental goods you're going to need time to recharge also you don't like conflict and that kind of makes sense because if you're if you're absorbing mm-hmm. uh, all that around you so what it says is if you're an empath you you likely dread or actively avoid conflict because higher sensitivity can make make it easier for someone to hurt your feelings. Even offhand remarks may cut deeply. 
And I could also so. see not even just conflict, but, but any sort of sort of negativity. Right. You, you just, right. And there's certain times that negativity, like depending on what kind, like if it's constructive criticism, like my art stuff, I'm okay with it. But if it's like, if I'm like, why did somebody say that to me? I take it. I can take it really, really personally. Right. Right. It's going to affect you more. So. So. So there's there's certain there's certain levels where I take take things personally. And then you often feel like you don't fit in. Wow. <laughs> That's me to a T. Was that but one of the ones that you thought I had? That is that is definitely <laughs> one. Yeah, I mean there's there's definitely a couple on here. I I should have picked out. I mean like you I know you like nature obviously. You Well, you You've gotten good at not caring. Oh, people tell you things now. They do. <laughs> Depending. <laughs> no, but but yeah, this is definitely one that that, oh, I that, think that is that, you. That's a big big me. This right is a there. big you, so. yeah, because you and I don't feel. And like I don't we like don't conflict in. either. Exactly. I mean, but I mean, I think you you ask anybody. They, they don't like conflict, so it's it's kind of hard right. to say if I'm in a, at an extreme of that or if I'm just like everybody else. Right. Well, I shouldn't say that. There are people that just live for a good fight, but or an art, <laughs> not might, a fight. But they might not say it though. like like an argument or but, a debate. Oh yeah. So well, debate's different though. But what it says is for the don't fit in one. It says. Despite being highly attuned to the feelings of others, many empaths find it difficult to relate to others. And others might not understand why you become exhausted and stressed so easily. You might struggle to understand the emotions and feelings you absorb or feel like you aren't normal, quote unquote. This may lead you to become more private you might avoid talking about your sensitivities and sharing your intuitions so you feel less out of place. If that's not me to a T, I'm not sure what is. Well, I'm pretty sure that's probably more you to a T. But, but there that's are, pretty, but there are pretty bits strong me too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you might not get exhausted as quick as I do because I've got a little bit more going on. And then I have something very important that I said important. It says, it's never easy to feel like you don't belong, but try to see your ability to deeply empathize with others as something special. It may not be common, but it's an important part of who you are. And that is extremely, extremely important, you guys, because I know you feel odd probably sometimes, but as much as I feel like I don't fit in sometimes, I kind of just go with it. You know, I dye my hair purple, whatever. I... I like it. Like, there's times that we're always like, yeah, we're the oddballs, and and we kind of don't like it, but we also just, we we just go with it. I'm not going to lie. I kind of like it. Well, and that's I've a, learned that's to embrace thing. it. Well, and that's, that's the thing. We've learned to really embrace it. And and obviously, with me being an artist, I kind of like being the 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 different one. But, but the thing is, is the fact that you get to to see the what other people are feeling or that you can actually read other people is is kind of well it's it's a blessing and a and a curse at times but it's it's kind of a real gift cuz once you just sit back and start watching people you're like huh 
yeah, they're not feeling as happy as they think, or maybe they're... So it's it gets really interesting when you just sit and watch. And I think it's really interesting, too, because when you look at a lot of these things, while there's so much of it that's different and hard to deal with, but there's always a bright side on that. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everything we talk about. Definitely. You know, maybe maybe not so... Well, sensory overload is... Pro, well, sensory overload is... Yeah, that's kind of a... Well, when you hit sensory overload, it's a bad thing. But if you learn... But, but, if, you, but if you're having a heightened sense of senses of everything around you that's actually a benefit it's just the problem is is that it can get out of control right i mean who knows that could be why i'm an artist because i can see things in such a unique way Mm -hmm. you never know these are these are things so the next one is you tend to isolate which we kind of explained why because obviously it's hard to to be out there with people but yeah it just says The only thing is, is that prolonged isolation can take a toll on mental health. So obviously make sure that you are getting your, your fill of people somehow. So, so even if you isolate a little bit, check in with, with somebody here and and there. Remember that one person's amount of non-isolation that they, they need isn't necessarily the amount Exactly, you You can... You can be isolated twice as much as somebody else and still be fine. Yep. It's just... Oh, exactly. Exactly. You have to feel it for yourself. And and obviously, depending on how long you were out socializing, you might need to isolate more. And it just says there's different kinds of isolation. And some some offer more restorative benefits than others. So you can take time alone outdoors. Sometimes you can meditate in a quiet park, walk in the rain. That's actually really fun if it's a good rain. Like, mm. <laughs> And take a scenic drive. Those are fun. So, so do some of those fun things when you can. And it also says, the next one is says you have a hard time setting boundaries. So if you're an empath, you may struggle to turn off the ability to feel and you find it impossible to stop giving. And even when you have no energy left. So you might believe boundaries suggest you don't care about your loved ones when the exact opposite is true. So yeah, what that really means is if you set boundaries now, then you can help them better later. That's exactly why they Mm -hmm. say on the airplane, put your mask on first and then theirs because you can't help them. If you're dead. Yes. So, I mean, if you're too exhausted to to help them, it's it's no good. If you're too exhausted to help yourself, it's no good. And that's why I'm still not great at it, but I'm finally learning to take days when I, you know, have a migraine, when I have just whatever, when I'm having a depressed day, when I when I've had a social day the day before. So, it this is something that you have to do and people Again, might not get it, but you just have to say, look, this is this is my day. I'm not feeling well today. They don't need to know why even. So, and oh, there we go. You see the world in unique ways. So there we go. Maybe that's why I do art. <laughs> and deeper emotional understanding can drive your intuition. And you can likely pick up on things other people miss or make connection that aren't clear to anyone else. 
So again, where we said that this is a gift, guys, even though you might feel a little bit different, etc. This is a gift because you see things uniquely. So even even if it drains you sometimes, just you got to learn how to set the boundaries so that you can see it beautifully. But it does say this increased connection to the world can also have drawbacks. <laughs> of course. Environments that don't provide much space for emotional expression can dampen your creativity and sensitivity, leaving you disinterested, disengaged, and struggling to thrive. And that is very true because I have found that when I've had a job that was a cubicle job and I was like, I have to bring pictures in to do something. And that was the best I could do, but it did dampen me, dampen my spirits, dampen my life. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, you, you have to find a way to bring some type of creativity or something. If that, if that's, uh, if that's what, what brings out what your uh, empathy brings out and which is ironic too, because I know I, I mentioned last week how, how Lisa said in her episode how she's an empath and she's an artist too Mm -hmm. so it's kind of ironic i know not all empaths are artists but it just kind of shows you how that kind of plays out sometimes yeah and the ones that aren't artists have probably some other way oh yeah some other inner way to channel that creative side of them. yeah even if it is like I, I feel like you're, I know, I know I said that you're not a full on empath, but I feel like you have traits and I think that you channel it in your business. So, and here's the last one on the list, guys. You sometimes find it hard to cope with sensory and emotional overload. Well, we talked about that one last week, guys. <laughs> wow. So, so yeah, when I came to that one, I was like, well, that's funny. But yeah, and I'll just talk about the first sentence on here. It says, it can be difficult for empaths to protect themselves from taking on other people's emotions. So that's the main reason why why that's on there. So so yeah, I mean, when you're when you're taking on the emotions and then you're taking on the sounds and then you're taking on, so you're you're taking on so much and, and it just becomes so much. So, it is kind of intriguing to me, though, how that all of this is so intertwined with the sensory overload and then just certain other things that we've talked about in the past. And and that just shows you how the brain how powerful is, it is, is so tricky It's yeah. so tricky. So and then I, I do have I do have one other thing on and it's from psychlive.org. And it does say that there are some benefits of being an empath, guys. So I do want you to know that. So it does say on the bright side, empaths tend to be excellent friends. Yes, (laughs) they are superb listeners because we can't help it. (laughs) But they constantly show up for friends in times of need. They're big hearted and generous. Empaths also tend to be highly intuitive and and emotionally intelligent. So I don't know if you guys know, like this whole emotionally intelligent just means we know our stuff about. You're in touch with emotions, basically. And then I do have I do have also from that same website. It does say how to manage 
how to manage your empathy without getting drained. And it is just a small little bit here. So it just says, set healthy boundaries, which we essentially said. Practice mindfulness. And then the next one, it just says, you should ignore your inner critic. So I do like this one. It just, you know, we just all have that inner critic that kind of nags at us. And we just have to, we just have to be kind to us. And that's an important one for everybody. (laughs) Right? I mean, that's, that's kind of a basic concept that everybody should take away from this. Even if you're a 0% empath, right? you still have an inner critic and you need to learn how to bottle it up and, and not let it control you. And I think the big thing too for empaths is, I mean, and anyone too, but especially for empaths is we're so kind to anyone else. Why can't we be kind to ourselves? Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I feel like at least half of us are like that. It's like we use up all of our energy for anyone else. And then we're just like, eh, I'll deal with you later. So, and then we just, we also really have to practice self-compassion which it just says here means acknowledge and notice your suffering. Be kind and caring in in response to suffering. And remember that imperfection is part of the human experience and something we all share, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I think we all forget. I'm starting to realize or I'm starting to try to remember every day i'm like i don't care if my hair is bad when i go to the store if i'm not showered but it's just just one of those things you just have to constantly remind yourself that am i going to see these people if i if i go out tomorrow if i go out if i go out looking like and if you do do you really care exactly exactly who cares yeah so and then again the last one is spend time in nature so so these are things you just really have to be mindful of if you are an empath or if you're, honestly, if you're not an empath, do all these things because they're great for your brain. So, but now here, here's something that I was kind of intrigued about after I did all this research, right? And we were, we were about to, to try to, to try to record this for the first time. And all of a sudden I realized I never had any research on who's an empath. Like, is... Because, for instance, with the sensory overload, it said autistic people generally, people like that. But this never said. I did a whole bunch of research, or I did I did a bunch of searching, right? And it said, well, these signs are, are empaths. We got Pisces, we got... And I'm like... No, no, man. I don't. I don't care what signs are empaths. I want to know, like, like who, like, generally, who becomes an empath? Is it somebody who is predisposed with some kind of a mental illness? Finally, I found something. Okay. okay. And and it's it's from. It looks like it's from the health liter- literacy research practice. They did a a whole big research, and. What they had was they had 129 volunteers and they had a whole bunch of questionnaires and and all sorts of... They did a bunch of tests, etc. Mm-hmm. Basically, what they found out was that the majority of them either were studying some kind of a psychiatry, psychology, 
or they had some kind of a history with mental illness. So for instance, that would be like me with bipolar, you because you're my husband. And that kind of makes sense because you've seen people struggle with things and it makes you more empathetic when you're around people that are struggling to people that are struggling. Right. That makes 100% sense. Essentially what what they call it on here, they call it a mental health literacy. So they say that they have a, a high mental health literacy. I'm just breaking this down really, really briefly for you guys because this is a kind of well it's a medical study i mean read it once it's boring well it's boring boring. long (laughs) and i don't want you guys to to go what did she say kind of thing so yeah so that was just really really so i was like good i finally figured it out so it makes sense that basically if if you understand the whole mental health thing then you feel more because you're like well i feel like i can help this person or something like that you have a hard time not caring right Well, and I think you're more apt to want to help somebody when they're struggling with something because you struggle with things all the time. Right. Whereas there's a lot of people that don't even, I mean, everybody struggles with something, but there are people that are just predisposed to not really worry about struggles or not be affected as much by struggles. So they don't understand why somebody else is struggling. They look at what somebody else is struggling with and they're like, why are you struggling with that? That wouldn't bother me one bit. Well, they're not the same person. Is right. You? So it does bother them. Well, and, and- I, think, I think what it is is that for how many times in my life and even how many times now still have I gone and just wished that somebody would ask, am I okay? okay. And so it's kind of like if I can do that to somebody else – then, then yeah, I'm going to do that. Unfortunately, if you ever ask Tracy if she's okay, she's just going to say, I'm just going to say, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. (laughs) I mean, look, it's either I'm pretty good or I give you this long diatribe of what the hell is wrong with me that nobody's going to really understand. And I mean... And everybody just looks at her and says, whoa. Too much information. Yeah. So. And then they don't talk to me again. No, but it's 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 either keep it simple or you really explain the entire thing and why. Why? <laughs> it's too hard. So, yeah. But, but yeah, so as an empath, essentially, I've learned over the years to kind of deal with it. But there's there's times that, yeah. It gets exhausting. I've, I mean, just like we said earlier, I we had that time at the party where I was, was going to have this really cool conversation with somebody, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, man, he's drunk crying, and I don't know if it's serious. And, you know, and it's... it's but I'm a good person. <laughs> no, I, I, I can't help it. And that's, that's... And I think as an empath, no matter how good you get at taking care of yourself there's time you you're not going to be able to help helping Mm. people (laughs) so is there anything that you want to add to this one Eric? the one thing i found really interesting about listening to this is that so i would say that so you have mental illness right right and if you're depressed and you have to be on medication just to be happy yeah that's an illness but 
empath I'm, is yeah, it's not, not. It at least no. it doesn't. You're gonna yeah. struggle with oh. being an empath because because you're gonna be different than other people. But this is just as much a strength as a weakness. Yes, and that is something that I really wanted to to real quickly put in there is that this is not a mental illness. I I want to highlight that hugely. So yeah, this is this is a trait. A characteristic of a person that is very it's a it can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. Right. So and just keep that in mind because if you're struggling with this that that just, just remind yourself remind yourself that there are things that other people can't the things that you're seeing people do that you can't do or struggle with. Oh yeah. There are things that you can do that they can't do. Yep. And Oh my gosh, yeah. And and I, I just find that interesting because it really shows that fine line of how, yes, there's things that are just bad that can go on in your head. Oh, right. But this isn't one of them. No. This is a good thing. No. I mean, and yeah, you is... have to take time to yourself and you have to give yourself a break. But of course, every good thing has is, yeah. is going to have its bad things. things. If there's so, always a cause and effect or, yeah. a, you know, a positive and a negative to everything. Yeah. And you have this, to charge your phone. Yeah. So charge you. Yeah, exactly. So I, I find that very interesting with this. And I think that's something that's very important for people to take away with that. If they Definitely. listen to this podcast and they realize, oh my God, I'm an empath. Yeah. Oh shit. What it's am I not a bad do? thing. Like, no, it's not a bad thing and at all. In it's, my opinion. It, I think it's, it's. Honestly, it's great. I I think it's in many ways a good thing because this is a solid differentiator because there, I mean there there are other empaths in the world, but right. it's not but, a, it's not the common. It's not no. you're different in a very different way and right. and in a very good way and bad way. Right, you know, like I can I can see little ticks on people that I think even you can't see. Like I know I know that you and me. We sit and watch people more now than we used to, especially since we don't drink. Mm-hmm. And and since we're just the quiet people in the group, since we already established we're the odd ones. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we talk about like, oh, yeah, did you see this? Per-? Whatever. And so we'll, we'll talk later. But then sometimes I say that I notice more things, but that's be- just because I think I, I'm just... I don't want to say I'm more skilled at it. It's I just have it more honed because of my empathy. It's just something that I have, which yeah, it can be exhausting, but it's it's just one of those things that I guess I just maybe she's born with it. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, I, I just I have it, and yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. <laughs> so yeah. no, so nobody gets to get off this podcast and say darn. I'm an empath because it's no. not a bad thing. No, it is. It is really. It really isn't a bad thing because I'm okay with seeing the the different things, the beauty. I mean, and again, if this is what made me an artist, heck yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But I think it was a multitude of things. But if this is what added to it, I'll take it because I, I like it. And and the other thing I like and. Not to say that this research here is correct, but I I right. do I do because like because it was the, just one. I do like the fact that they said that 
you know, you see the world in a different way. And I've always thought I've seen yeah. a lot of things way oh, yeah. differently than most people do. See, like, a that's... lot of times I say my thought on people and everybody just stares at me blankly. Yeah. And I'm just <laughs> like... for me. And I'm like... <laughs> and when I... Over the years, I've just come to the conclusion that I see things differently. But then at times I wonder if... I'm like, does everybody experience that? And... <laughs> no, it's just and, me, man. Well, yeah, like... Does everybody experience that and everybody thinks they're different, but they're really not. But maybe it's just empaths. But this kind of adds some confirmation that, yes, there are things that people have that are very uncommon in abilities, which I guess I knew. But that kind of reiterates that, that like, okay, maybe when I say something and somebody stares at me blankly, you know, it's because that person is just seeing something completely different than the way I see it. And and then. That kind of goes back to where I said, you and I, I feel like are a little bit unique in the way that we think compared to some of the people who maybe have the same five dinners each week, even though we have been lately, but maybe have been, maybe have the same five dinners each week and watch the same shows that everybody watches and, and do, do all of that. Not to say that that's, you know, wrong or anything. That's fine. It's just that you and I just, I don't know, our lifestyle is just different. Mm -hmm. The way we think is just, it's odd compared to, I think, a lot of people in, like, sometimes I'm almost afraid to say some of the things that I think (laughs) because, which is exactly what that said, because if I say it, I think they're going to look at me like I have three heads. So yeah, it's it, and, and I could totally relate with that. But if I tell you, all of a sudden you're like, "Yeah, I get it, I get it." You're the only one who gets it. So, so that's kind of refreshing to me. And that's that's where there's there's a couple things on here where I I do feel like in certain ways you're an empath, and maybe maybe you'll be forming more into one slowly as as you and I are together longer. I mean, we've been together for a while, but obviously well i don't i don't know if i want to become a full-flown empath i don't i don't want to feel like i don't want to have somebody tell me that their dog died and just and feel it the way i feel if one of our cats dies i don't necessarily feel completely but but i I think there are people who do yeah so i think it depends but i do i do feel wholeheartedly bad for for some people depending on what what is going on it gets and that's why sometimes i just have to um build a wall i really do because i just have to pretend that okay they told me that happened and it's done yeah because i if i feel for everything then it just you're gonna you're gonna always be crying or something exactly and that's not cool it's really not fun. <laughs> I've done it. So, so yeah. So cool. But, well, I'm glad you know what an empath is now, Eric. That makes me happy. One final question. Yeah. How much about this did you know prior to researching it? Well, I, I would, mean, did you know the term say, empath? Oh, gosh, yeah. Okay. I would say I knew about half of it. Because but I, I did not know the term empath until... Well, well I've, I've said it to you multiple, multiple times, times but, but you're a husband, so. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> and and other than, than the fact that I knew coming into this podcast, because just so everybody knows, this is our second round of trying to record this podcast. Yeah, the first time 
we had to stop because my migraine got so bad <laughs> that I said, oh no, I lost vision and we stopped. So. Who knows? Maybe I'll put it in the, the credits so you can hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that would be fun. I actually think it, it would, would be fun. fun. I'll so. try I'll try it so that you guys can actually hear what it's like when I have a severe migraine. So so I'm glad we got this one recorded. I almost didn't think we would do it. <laughs> so but yeah, I I knew about half of this beforehand, but I didn't know all of the stuff. I knew I didn't know necessarily the sensitivity to to smells or um, Which is a big one for you. It so. is. Well, and the worst thing is, like I, I told you, is that when I get migraines, I get even more sensitive to smells smell. and everything. So it's it's horrible. So I didn't know certain ones like that. And the ironic thing was like the nature and, and that. But I knew that obviously I feel more and I need to make space. And, and the smell thing, like your smell example. It's a great example of how all of these different things that your brain can do. Yeah. It it like amplifies like so if you have this one trait but then you have this other trait that one trait will play off this trait and amplify everything making it so much worse than it sh- should be and it's just it's just amazing how And now we it, know all how all this stuff works. So Now we know how miserable life can be sometimes <laughs> but we uh we'll keep next next episode a surprise for you guys it's kind of kind of up in the air i believe that's because tracy doesn't know what it is yet it's between two okay that's why <laughs> i'm not gonna lie it's between two so. <laughs> but i i really hope you guys are liking us so far if you're not please contact us with what what uh, what we can do better? Our Gmail is stigmasandopenwounds at gmail dot com. We are on Facebook and Instagram as of now. And please, please rate us if you do like us. And we will be back in two weeks. I'm Tracy, and I'm Eric. And oh my God, Eric, we have to stop recording. I can't see. <laughs> <laughs>